Here's a message from Ken Lavica. We may be seeing the end of an era. We may be seeing the end of Albert Pujols, one of the greatest of all time, but there's no doubt that over the last 10 years, he has not been the same. A precipitous fade, but he's also not the saddest sports fade of all time. I'll tell you who it is to me next. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Albert Pujols might be a wrap. Someone that was well on his way to being the greatest first baseman of all time. Now, I really don't think there is any way that he has passed Lou Gehrig. And what a fade. What an incredible career fade. Really, sort of unprecedented. However, in terms of a a fandom standpoint, there are career fades that have affected me forever. And a lot of what-ifs that have affected me in my sports lifetime. Ken Levick alive on a Friday. We have made it to the end of the week. I am fully vaccinated for COVID-19. We'll talk about that later in the show. I have made my way out of my home day after a vaccine to be in studio and in John Levine Accident Attorney Studios making the sacrifice, and I actually don't even feel that bad, to hang out with Coquel. He is Coquel. I am Levicka. And we are in downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point uh, Towers, right off the Intracoastal. Uh, so uh, Albert Pujols and the Angels are parting ways. The release is official. Albert Pujols is now a free agent, not even fulfilling the complete 10-year, $240 million contract that he signed with Anaheim that lured him uh, out of St. Louis and took him away from the place where he had set the path to arguably being the greatest of all time. Coquel, listen to some of these numbers of Albert Pujols in St. Louis. Nine all-star appearances. Three MVPs, and this is in an 11-year career in St. Louis. A war of 101.4 through 2016 in his career, so that seeps into Southern California for him. He hit 445 home runs in just over a decade with the Cardinals. He hit 328 with the Cardinals, 617 slugging, OPS of 1037. I mean, we're talking legendary, we're talking all-time, we're talking ridiculous, never-before-seen numbers in a decade span. I mean, he was unquestionably on a path where he was going to be unadulterated the top first baseman of all time, the best first baseman of all time. And he not only did it uh, in the regular season, but he also was incredibly clutch in the postseason. I mean, the one... The, the one singular play that stands out to me for, for Albert Pujols as a member of the Cardinals was the 2005 NLCS against the Astros, where the Astros are a strike away from winning the pennant and going to face the White Sox in the World Series, and Pujols unleashes a mammoth, soul-crushing blast uh, over the railroad tracks and left in Houston off of Brad Lidge. Lidge was the best closer in the game that year. And absolutely, the the reaction of the crowd 
is is stunning. Um, the now uh, uh, ruined Tom Brenneman's call, perfect on Fox, and Pools was just the ultimate villain, but also the clear best player in baseball. And now, here's Albert Pujols with the LA Angels. 240, 289, 405 slash line over the past five years. I mean, that's that's like utility player numbers. The only thing that he really truly had going for him were some power numbers. And yeah, he still has some power, but we mentioned he hit 328 in St. Louis. He hit 256 as an angel. 311 slugging as an angel. 758 OPS as an angel. I mean, not only are those numbers well below what he was in St. Louis, they're downright below average from a an actual overall baseball standpoint. I mean, his slide, the Albert Pujols from St. Louis to the Albert Pujols from L.A. is mind-boggling. How did that happen? I know there's discussion about PEDs with him, and I know there's been discussion about whether or not his age is actually his age, and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it, but it's it's not out of line to say that what Albert Pujols became with the Angels, and it really started from day one with the Angels. He made one playoff appearance, never won a playoff series. It's sad. That's the one word that comes to mind when I think about Albert Pujols' time with the Angels and what happened to his career in terms of production. It's flat out sad. You can't help as a baseball fan, but see those numbers and see how he's played and how overmatched he's been and not be saddened by that. It sucks. It really, truly sucks. You hate to see the star just fall off like that. It's just a... I mean, he fell off a cliff. Especially when they're widely known as a good guy. You know what I mean? Off the field, it's just to watch them fall off and just just be so bad where you're yeah. like, why can't... It was like that... And was, I know he was Who injured. was the guy who struck out like 100 times in a row for the for the Orioles? There was someone who was... He was really good, and then he couldn't get a hit. Like, you just baffled by it. You just want him to – or Chuck Knobloch all of a sudden. He couldn't throw. Not being able to throw from second base to to first. Right. You just feel bad because you feel like there's something more than just not being able to play. Like, where did the confidence go? Where did the spark go? Why are you all of a sudden not good anymore? I listened to an interview. Excuse me. I didn't mean to cut you off. Gilbert Arena said, like, after the gun thing that happened in the locker room, he lost his edge, Mm -hmm. and he just could never – no matter how hard he tried to fake it, he couldn't recapture it mentally, even though he could walk in a gym and hit 30 straight threes from half court. Well, if you're in and out of a lineup and you're injured as often as Albert Pujols has been, and Albert Pujols is not a uh, a young guy, but he also he signed that 10-year, $240 million deal at age 31. That should still be prime for Albert Pujols. And not to mention, you have Pujols and you have Trout and you have all of that money. Don't forget Josh Hamilton was on the Angels. They were signed. They, they, I mean, Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, spent $365 million on Trout, Pujols, and Hamilton combined Yikes. to bring them together, and it equaled zero playoff series wins. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. But when you're in and out of the lineup, yeah, you. I'm pretty sure you, you start losing your edge as the you can't stop being banged up. You can't stop being injured. And the sadness of the career decline of Albert Pujols reminds me of what I experienced as a young baseball fan, seeing what took place with Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr., with that swing, the backwards hat, 
just the the, 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 the coolness. He was so hip. He's climbing the wall, hitting bombs out of the, the kingdom, and then Safeco Field. I mean, the Mariners in 2001, uh, I mean, that, that that's still the most dominant regular season team I've ever seen in my life, and they were just flat-out cool. And it was so sad to see Griffey not only leave Seattle, but then go to Cincinnati, put on all that weight, get injured all the time, never recapture anything close to what he had with the Mariners. I remember when the White Sox got him for a half a season in 2008, and I'm like, yes, this is going to be amazing. And he's just, it wasn't the same. But it was quick with Griffey. Like, it wasn't the same quickly it seems with Ken be, Griffey seems Jr. seems to be what it happens with a lot of guys. Quick story about Ken Griffey. I grew up a Yankee fan in New York, and I went to a Met game, and I decided to wear a Yankee jersey, which I hate when people wear like the jersey that team's not playing. Yeah. But I had found at Models, which is a sports store up there, a Ken Griffey Jr. red shirt underneath. So I purposely wore it. We had great seats because of a friend's dad. Fourth row, all the fans are screaming at me, take off the Yankee jersey, take off the Yankee jersey. Took it off. Underneath was a Griffey Reds jersey. Met fans went nuts, and we almost got thrown out. <laughs> but, man, Griffey was so hurt all the time. He was so good, but then he was so, so bad. So hurt and so ineffective. And uh, before pools, it was the Griffey deal with the Reds that you would say is like one of the, the worst uh, free agent contracts for an all-timer. Giancarlo Stanton, now rivaling that uh, with the Yankees. Um, he's, but, he's hot right now. I know he is hot right now. It's about time. It only took three seasons. It's so weird with him, though, because – the, hit, the home runs he gets, it looks like he misses, and it's just an opposite field line drive. Because he's a behemoth. That just goes 400 feet. I know, it's awesome. And then the short porch helps a little bit, it too. Is, I, like, I just feel like the wind from his back can <laughs> propel a ball 400 feet uh, in the Bronx. But, uh, you know, it, it's sad what happened with Albert Pools. It was sad to see Ken Griffey Jr.'s decline. Which sports career decline made you the saddest as a fan? Someone on a team that you follow? Someone that was an all-time great, or even someone that might have been just a, an average player that you grew to love, or was a fan favorite who just didn't have it anymore, and it was sad to see him go out. What career decline made you saddest as a sports fan? Because Pools and Griffey are right up there. They were great, greatest of the great, and they're going to end their careers. Or Griffey did, and Pools will uh, with us really not remembering, and a, a generation of baseball fans truly not remembering how dominant they were. Which career decline made you saddest? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. 888-760-3776. I'm going to throw out an unconventional one, and I know he's still fighting, um, but I'm going to say Manny Pacquiao. I mean, I was obsessed with Manny Pacquiao at the apex of his powers. Manny Pacquiao with the speed and the ability and the different weight classes. I mean, just absolutely dominant, exciting, worth every single cent of pay-per-view money that you're going to spend to watch him. And he was never the same after Marquez knocked him out in Jerry World. He was never the same after that. Him laying unconscious, lifeless, motionless, there on in the ring at Jerry World after Marquez knocked him out, he was never the same. It's just never, ever been the same, and it culminated in the disappointing uh, Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. So that was a career decline that makes me, especially because I'll go down a, a YouTube wormhole of great 
Pacquiao moments. And it's been a long time since Pacquiao has been great, even though he's still trying to go well into his 40s. Which career declines made you the saddest? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, and you can tweet them at us, at ESPN West Palm. Larry is in Boynton. Larry, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Ken. I just wanted to say Chris Davis for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, That's who Phil Kyle Kyle was talking for, about? Throw another year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just that. killing us. $23 million a year, and he hasn't even batted yet this year. Man, and man. No home runs last year. It's just, he's just horrible. It's I, just killing us. You know what? And it's funny you mentioned Chris Davis because, yeah, four or five years ago, we're talking an emerging household name, and I can't remember the last time I even had a singular thought about Chris Davis. Like, that pretty much tells the story of him. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. Jay in West Palm Beach. Jay, jump in here. Which career uh, decline made you the most sad? Yeah, man. The one made, made me most sad is even as a kid, man. I was in tears, man. Muhammad Ali, man. Mm-hmm. This guy was the greatest, man. American hero, man. And yep. just to see him being a shell of himself, man, I was like, oh, wow. Well, just so disappointing. You know, and I had mentioned Pacquiao. The the boxing declines, I think, are the ones that, um, that, that hurt the most, especially the all-time greats. Because, um, you know, with Ali, you think that he's – unbeatable even in early in his career bouts that he lost he'd come back avenge losses uh hold the 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 belts hold the titles and go through stretches where they're larger than life and then when they finally get caught and and Ali's decline was starting to become a bit concerning because Jay if you remember like he he started losing speed he started losing reflexes and you could start to tell late and you can go back on YouTube and watch the fights now you could tell something was wrong there. You could tell something was wrong, and it wasn't shortly after his career ended that you knew something was seriously wrong. Yeah, no question about it. And I, and I think one of the things that he made famous, I don't think any other boxer would do that because I think it contributed to his demise, is the rope-a-dope where mm-hmm. he would more or less let you just punch him Take and the punch him. Yeah. And then he, yeah, yeah, I don't think any boxer would subscribe to that type of fighting anymore knowing what we know about the sport. So, Completely but, uh, agree. But yeah, that was my dude, Ali. No, that's hey, perfect. Man. All right, Jay, appreciate it. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Ewing for me. Patrick Ewing at the end of his career because he fell off the Knicks a couple injured years, but then seeing him bloated, issues, right? bloated in Orlando, yeah. he had knees, foot, shoulders. You know who's similar to that? Hurt. Speaking of getting bloated late in their career, Sean Kemp. Sean, oh yeah, well, he got fat. Like he he got, didn't get bloated. He got fat. Like you remember after the, after the lockout in 94, Sean Kemp, basically just never lost the weight that he gained in that time off. He went from dominant player to and perennial all-star to just sort of a well, a guy that had to be wagoned onto the court. Like it was it when Sean Kemp and Oliver Miller started resembling one another, that was a problem. But he, in Sean Kemp's defense, like I have two kids and I'm always eating their snacks <laughs> and that's why I got seven of them, right? So think about twenty seven <laughs> kids and the amount of yeah. string cheeses you're eating, it's gonna True. add up. Bro, those goldfish really do truly add up. Sean Kemp, I totally get it. Whose career decline made you the most sad? I uh, we we've talked Muhammad Ali. We've talked Manny Pacquiao. Albert Pujols, of course, after being released by the Angels yesterday. Ken Griffey Jr. Um, And I'll throw out another one. Devin Hester. And I know that he had a little bit of flash, just a bit, with the Falcons. But Devin Hester, for the first three years of his pro career, 
in Chicago. He, and I'm not joking about this, Coquel. Growing up in Chicago, and I, in my lifetime, there was late career Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. There was Brian Urlacher. There was, uh, you know, some players that you'd think would capture the imagination of the community. There has never been a more electric Bears player in my lifetime based at the height of his powers than Devin Hester was. I mean, Devin Hester was, I mean, with my friends talking at school. A lot like Pujols at the bat. He was must-watch, excuse me. Absolutely. Out of Suncoast. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there, there were, you could not miss a punt or a kickoff in the first three years. You gathered around to uh, watch yes. it. If he was on your yep. TV, because a lot of this was before yep. you really had access to every game. If he was on your TV and they were punting, you gathered yep. around to see what and, Hester would do. Like, I was born in 1984. Let's not forget, I, I mean, Walter Payton was late in his career by that point, or at least to a point where he wasn't the the true like Walter Payton that we knew in the late 70s and the early 80s. Devin Hester, I mean, there were if we were in the kitchen after church, and listening on the radio, uh, or if we're coming home from church, you got to make sure you get home before noon. Get home before noon. Can't miss opening kickoff if the Bears won the toss and elected to receive, which they always did because time you had zone. Devin Hester. Yeah, exactly. I, I, right. The noon thing threw me off, which I'm so jealous of other Central coasts. time zone, the best time zone. I won't even debate it. It's just fact. I don't know. I would take West Coast with NFL. Start at 10 a.m. and go all day oh. and then go to bed at a regular time. Bro, uh, this was 2015 or 16. FAU basketball started a season in Hawaii. And the NFL games on Sunday started at like 8 a.m. That's so awesome. It was pretty damn cool. It was really cool. All right, let's get back on track. Good God, stop. William in Royal Palm. William, which career decline made you the saddest? It was was a combination of decline. Uh, There was the obvious decline. But there was so much promise that got shut down so early. And I would have to say Meldrick Taylor after that Chavez fight, where yeah. uh, stopping that fight. Yes. That that kid, that kid had a career ahead of him, and he was just uh, young, and he never recovered from that stoppage at eight with eight seconds left. So you're you're in the camp, and I'm I, I think I'm in the camp too. But you're in the camp. It sounds like that Med, Meldrick Taylor got screwed, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, even if even if. Uh, uh, they would have let the eight. Uh, Chavez was not going to win that fight. No, Unless, no, it was the only be- way he was going to win it w- was by stoppage. Right, and that was easy, unanimous decision. Even after the punishment he took in the final round, that was easy, unanimous decision. Taylor win, absolutely, and he was never, yep. ever, ever the same after that. We didn't get William's favorite time zone. <laughs> well, what are you doing here? Uh, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. You know, we've actually we've um taken. A good amount of boxing, boxing. calls. So what we're going to do when we come fight back? Each other. No, we're Fights not going to fight sports. one another. You have fight. a significant, a significant weight advantage on me. Hey, um, hey. I'm not That's saying, bullying and no, 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 I'm not. I went to training yesterday. You are not allowed to say that to me, sir. <laughs> and I'm going to HR over that. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we saw just a complete circus yesterday at Hard Rock Stadium. Floyd Mayweather. And the Pauls, Logan Paul, and then eventually his brother, Jake Paul. And that also made me really sad. And I know we have boxing fans here, we clearly do, uh, that listen to this show. So let's, let's talk about the state of the, of the sport because I'm not feeling great about it. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776.
It's Ken LaVeca Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVeca and Chris Coquel. Jimbo, why? Why, 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 why? I just, I don't get the reason why you would come at the king. Ken LaVeca Live. I am Ken LaVeca. He's Coquel. We got the weekend upcoming, but spend your weekend listening to the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Why don't you just go up for the last month? Go back to the last month and listen to all of them. Just do it. And Mother's then, Day weekend, best Mother's gift Day you can get. Yeah, absolutely. The best gift you can get. Take them to the breakers, download the podcast, and let them listen to the podcast at the break. Just get rafted. By the way, are do you um do you cook on Mother's Day? Cook what? <laughs> uh, do you do special food? Anything on Mother's for what? Day? My mom's in New York. <laughs> Why? You think I should get my you, wife something? Why? You you choose She's danger. She's not my mother. Why do you choose danger every day? She's not my mother. Oh, Wait, I, you think I'm supposed to get her a gift? Stuff to my kids. They can make a little art project, a craft. Whatever they do. What are we paying <laughs> the daycare to do? Handle it. Handle it, Apple Tree. <laughs> I'm not it. getting Take her a gift. Take your responsibility. Wait, you, you're really not getting her a gift? She's not my mother. It's not wife's day. <laughs> Oh, you make me uncomfortable because I don't even want to know what the discussion is going to be like in your house on Sunday. Like I Nothing. Almost, Good oh. morning. Where's my breakfast? <laughs> stop. Come on. Would you stop already? Jesus, man. All right. Let's get to Jimbo Fisher because Jimbo Fisher uh, back on Wednesday spoke to the Houston Touchdown Club uh, and uh, he was good natured. And uh, I know when you get in settings like that, you want to talk to the crowd, you want to talk up to the crowd, you want the crowd to get behind you. It's easy to kind of get caught up in the whole thing. And uh, Jimbo sort of uh, Jimbo sort of uh, got a little bit beyond himself. He got a little bit beyond himself uh, when he was asked by a fan, what's the key other than Saban retiring to beating Alabama? Jimbo Fisher smiled and said, quote, we're going to beat his ass even when he's there, end quote. Yeah. And went on to say, hey, I respect the guy, laughed about it. Jimbo and Nick Saban are our longtime friends. So last night, Nick Saban was at a charity event, and he was asked about Jimbo Fisher's comments. Coach, got to ask, uh, your friend Jimbo said yesterday that um, at some point while you're in Tuscaloosa that he was going to beat your butt. That wasn't the word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? <laughs> I think you. I think you meant on the football field. Well, I'm sure there will come a day, you know. But um, is that what he was talking about? That football. He, he was talking. He was talking about football. He was. Well, it used to be on my noontime basketball league. I guess you know we're no longer partners. Oh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban in golf. Is he talking about in golf? Okay, it was a funny response. But come on, media. <laughs> I can't can't stand fake media laugh. You know who did a great fake media laugh in his days covering the Dolphins? This guy. Oh, Oh, you're such a shill. I was. I I mean, anytime Jason Taylor said anything remotely humorous, (laughs) it was a good good response, but then they laughed later on again afterwards. But I love Jimbo. Why wouldn't Jimbo say it? No, but why even poke that bear? Why? Why? What do you think? Alabama's going to beat you by more? 
You non-football guys, go and get it. There is no inspiration. Alabama's going to beat you by 40. They're going to beat you by 40. You know, that's a good line. What, is Alabama going to beat you by more than they've been beating you? Uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like the, and of course Lane had to jump in on that and tweet about Jimbo. Like, oh, now it's going up on the weight room wall in Tuscaloosa. Why would you say that? Like, about Lane, it's great. Saban coming off a championship. No, I don't, I, I, just Jimbo, come on. Your team's good enough to where you don't need to go really? to that. Like Jimbo, Jimbo has been doing this long enough. He doesn't even have to get caught up at the good old boy convention talking trash to Nick Saban. How much is Jimbo talked about right now? I don't know. Not a ton. Not a ton. When he was at Florida State, how much was he talked about? A lot. A lot. But you're going by being down here in South Florida. I think in Texas, he's probably talked about an awful lot. Mm. He was down here in the Orange Bowl. He's he not wa- at Texas. Okay. Like, he, I don't know if he's talked about as much. He's got to get his team a national program. He's got to make sure everyone's talking about him. Build that buzz. Make it something. So you're, so you're good, Jimbo. We should just have coach trash talking all yes. the way around. When I, when I took the Olympic Heights job, I told Jack, I think I was on this air. I said, to, maybe Evan said I wasn't coming to kiss Jack, Jack Daniels da- rings. Oh, boy. Jim. You got to talk trash. Former Jack Daniels, all-time Dwyer, Dwyer coach. Dwyer coach yeah. and now at Cardinal. And then, no, they destroy us, although Olympic Heights beat, beat Dwyer, but whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thanks, I just, thanks for handling my business, Coach Best. It j- just just with Jimbo. Jimbo, you don't It's what Rex Ryan used that. to do. You bring attention to your And how program. did that end for him? It would have been great if... Someone in the organization didn't tear apart the roster. <laughs> who, who's that? Who did that? Coquel, tell me. Who, who tore apart the Jets roster? Woody Johnson. <laughs> no, who, who no, is it? Was it just Woody? Was there someone else in the just Jets Woody. front office? Was, <laughs> just yeah? Woody. Yeah? Maybe Chris Johnson, his brother. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, somebody somebody motored over the roster? Okay. Maybe you shouldn't have uh, traded uh, Jericho Cotri. Oh. Hmm. All right. Trade away the O-line. You're right. It was Woody Johnson. Woody yeah, Johnson yeah. took it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, you, Why are you trying to start you, beef? No, Why you, are you trying to start beef between me and Mr. T? Mr. T is a great it, analyst. You nailed it to a T. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, we started the show. We started the show by asking who's the saddest sports decline uh, in your sports lifetime because of Albert Pujols. Clearly, last ten years, not even close to the same player in St. Louis uh, that uh, he uh, he was with the Angels. He was half the player he was with the Angels uh, compared to the Hall of Famer first ballot all time great we saw with the Cardinals. And I said Ken Griffey Jr. is probably the saddest career decline of my lifetime because he was unstoppable. Uh, DeBloat on Twitter says Joe Namath was the saddest decline for him. I mean, shining star, and it didn't take long for that to really come, like, middled. But I don't think people still realize that he was all athleticism. He was dunking balls in high school when no one else was dunking. That's what his game was. Then he blew out his knees. His knees are what was the decline. Like, Joe Namath gets this overrated. If he stayed healthy or if he had today's science – he would have had a much better career. Uh, Fantasy Brad says Roy Jones Jr. Uh, Roy Jones, who, man, it was jarring to see him against Tyson. Really looked like he didn't know much about what he was doing any longer. Uh, Captain America says Bo Jackson. After the hip injury yeah, that hurt. Uh, and the hip replacement, getting hurt with the Raiders, and it, being a White Sox fan, I saw him make his return to baseball, and seeing him not able to really truly move was wild. I mean, really wild. So good in Tech Mobile. He's the best Tech Mobile player ever. He's so arguably good. the greatest. Ooh, LT was, you could rush all, you couldn't throw against no, the Giants. No, I'll take offense over the. How? How can you take out? You can't throw the ball with LT. You could, no, 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 no. Bo Jackson, if you, if you 
bang B hard enough, just like smash that button hard enough, you could break through an LT tackle in Tech Mobile. 888-760-3776, LT versus Bo Jackson. David Reynolds also says Bo Jackson. Matthew Rescigno tweets, Jamal Adams is the toughest career fade that maybe he's seen. I think that's some Jets pettiness right Yeah, there, maybe right? you're just mad that he left the team. He's not bad. Right. Uh, Brian Cole, Griffey, uh, Mike loves beer, Griffey, Heat Mando says Griffey as well. Serious beer aficionado says Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah he fell off because he had the record season the year before. And it's weird, his fall off fell into a Super Bowl championship. Well, part though. of it, he was still winning, but he went from just a truly incredible passer, unbelievably accurate, to having no arm whatsoever. His arm fell off. It looked painful to watch him throw. Um, uh, I, had, I was eased into it because Chad Pennington was one of my favorites of all time, and he turned into noodle arm real quick, too. Yeah, but man, what he was able to do with that noodle arm was more effective than what Peyton Manning was able to do with that I mean, noodle Peyton arm. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with it. I understand that, but he's not the reason for that Super Bowl. He was not the reason for that Super Bowl. Whereas Chad Pennington was a big reason why the Dolphins won uh, the AFC East in 2008. Uh, Basie Crock with a great one. Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, because he was at the top of the game, and then uh, he decided to leave the game, and then came back because he needed the money and performed at a high level, and then was just sort of broken parts near the end of his career. But I love Ricky Williams. I'll forever love Ricky Williams because, man, was he fascinated. What a career uh, for him. Uh, Lizard King says Marino. Dan Marino. But I think that's more... 62-7 to was not Marino's fault. Marino was a reason. the reason they won the playoff game the week before to go to Jacksonville. What was hard for Marino is watching him all of a sudden not be able to move. Like, he all of a sudden became like yeah. statue statue. Yeah. Now, he was never super mobile. No, but like he literally could... He would take the ball and shotgun and felt like it and not move his feet. Yeah. And then they'd pick him up and move him to the next huddle. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> just, just lift him up and place him there. Uh, Eddie in Boynton, wrap us up for uh, for the week here. Who's the saddest sports decline? To me, it was Don, Don Mattingly. For five years, he was the best player in baseball, and then he hurt his back. Yep, and he's not in the Hall of Fame because of it. Yeah, well, so that's that's my guy. Eddie, watching him go through all those different backs batting stances just for his back was so rough. Yeah, Jim told me oh something similar. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he 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 got a leg kick right before the playoff of, the, of his last uh, last year, and he hit like 400 in the playoffs, and then that was it, man. But you know, it, that that really hurts. But he should be in the Hall of Fame. But you know, once that back went, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Appreciate it, Eddie. Pre- really do appreciate that. Uh, yes. Poor Donnie Baseball left the Yankees. They won the World Series the next year. Became a bench coach for the Yankees. Left. They won the World Series the next year. Oh, Don. Oh, Don. And then he gets he goes to deep playoff runs with the Dodgers, and then they eventually win a championship with him gone uh, as well. We also had a caller during the break say Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. Did they fall off at the same time? I didn't feel like they did. No, I, I think Emmett Smith had a couple more years. He had a decent. He was decent in Arizona, but Compiler. but Troy Aikman with the um, with the concussions. Yeah, that yeah. was a slow burn for him for sure. All right, that's a wrap. Hey, real quick, I want to thank everybody at Baptist Health uh, for getting me vaccinated. I got shot number two yesterday, uh, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Please get vaccinated, and uh, if you need to, go through Baptist Health. They have vaccines available. Coquel's fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. How you feeling? 
Uh, a little sluggish, but other than that, I feel good. And I, I'm wondering, is it working? <laughs> like I, The fact I haven't had side effects, I'm a little worried it's not working. It's working. Don't listen to that because the people who are sick and saying that means it's working, it's like when the doctor tells me why my son won't poop in the toilet. He tells me it's because he's really smart. They're just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> no, the doctors said uh, if you don't have side effects, everything's good. You're still protected. It's all good. And so I am I am absolutely thrilled. Uh, Coquel, we'll talk to you on Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I'm Ken Levicka. And go to the South Florida Fair. And next week, next Friday, racing pigs. Coquel racing pigs. Good Lord. We'll talk to you Monday on ESPN 1063.